Welcome to the Engage Church Duluth podcast, where together we are learning to love God and people better. You'll find links, notes, and insights that go along with this episode at the link in our podcast description and on our website at engagechurchduluth.com. We're so glad you're joining us today. All right, good morning. How's everybody doing? All right. It's great to have you guys here. Thank you for everybody watching online. I'm Pastor Josh. So that trailer was actually based on a true story. Some of you may have heard the song, some of you may not, but it's based on the the story of the song that was written called I Can Only Imagine. And I gotta be honest with you, To me, when they first came out with that song, most overplayed song that has ever been. I mean, seriously, for some of you who know what I'm talking about, um, great song, but just over and over and over. It was just unbelievable. But when I watched that movie, something powerful happened. I mean, it's incredible the reason um, that that that, that song was written. And so on October 7th, we think that that movie is so powerful. We're actually going to show that right here for service. And you're just going to be spun around and we're going to watch it on that screen right there. We've got some things for you. We're going to do, you know, some popcorn, lemonade, some things like that. But it's a great opportunity to invite some people. It is a very powerful movie um, to where... It can be life transforming. I mean, it's just a miracle that that guy's story resonates with so many people. So I really would encourage you guys to come. And let's see, do we have a picture of that up here, the, the I Can Only Imagine slide? If you guys have smartphones, you know, we like to be, have them on silent, but we just do church a little bit differently here. First of all, go out to our Facebook page, follow us on Facebook, but everybody take your smartphone out right now, take a picture of this, and send it and share with somebody on Facebook, email, whatever that is here. I'll even give you like a nice pose for me in there. Like you're invited, you know, maybe some tricep. I have been working out a little bit. Um, but no, yeah, invite people. Listen, these kind of Sundays are just great opportunities to invite people to a church service. It's scary to come to church. It just is. There's so many different ideas out there of what people have. People feel like they're, they're unworthy, that they're unwanted, that they don't have value, that they just haven't been living their life right. And these are opportunities for us to just kind of open up our doors, if you will, open up our hearts and just invite people in. Why else would I wear this suit that I'm wearing here today? It's just fun. Like, church can be fun. It's for real. Jesus, sin is real, and the wages of sin is death. But the gift of God is eternal life, and people need to know about that gift. They're sitting miserable in their sin right now, and they need to know that the gift of God is eternal life, and that's what Engaged Church wants to be about. That's what I want to be about, and so we put on funny suits, and we come on Sunday. Invite people. It's a fun, fun group of people to be a part of. You know, as I say that it can be scary to go to church, to come to church, go to a service, uh, whatever that might be, get back involved with uh, community, whatever that is, that's very true. And one of those things, you know, I talked about people feeling like devalued and, and people feeling like they're not good enough, they're worthless. Maybe their, their business isn't in the right spot, their, their marriage isn't in the right spot. Like whatever that might be, their finances, right? Like they just have all this stuff. But a lot of us, a lot of the reasons people don't walk through doors like this and sit in chairs like this and have an opportunity to worship a living God is because they feel rejected, that, that sense of rejection is something that we all can understand, right? I mean, we don't have to raise our hands here, but I'm just assuming we all have a story of rejection in our life. And you don't have to be an adult to understand rejection, right? I mean, I don't know anybody in here that played sports, but, you know, like, anybody ever had, like, a couple people picking teams and, like, you're the last one just sitting there, like, you know, everybody's, like, picking them around you and, 
I mean, that just feels horrible. I could probably never any of you, but like dodgeball, that happened to me when I was in like third grade, you know? Like just everybody gets picked. You're the one that's like, oh, well, we'll let you come in if somebody gets hurt, right? Rejection, that's not fun. We start learning this at a young age. Another one, since I, you know, I won't embarrass anybody else out there, but I'll tell you a story of myself. I feel like I was really smooth when I was in like second, third grade trying to get girlfriends, like whatever that meant in that age, right? So you write that note, right? Like, will you go with me wherever we were going? I have no idea, but that's what you wrote on there. And then it was a check, yes, check, no. I kid you not, I wish I would have saved this just for the humor. I had one, like, fill in the check mark no and circle it like three times and then hand that back to me. That was like my first experience of liking a girl. So I didn't have much luck, but I thought it was cool. It could be that I spelled a lot of words wrong. She didn't want to, you know, grow up with somebody doing that. But anyhow, we all have this sense of rejection, right? I mean, we, we, we've, we've felt it before. Maybe it's the job that we didn't get, you know, getting picked on the team. Maybe a relationship that just didn't work out. Maybe a relationship that we're in right now. Whatever that is, we kind of have this idea of rejection. And today, I want to share a story with you. It's, it's awesome. We're going to be in the book of Luke, and I'm excited about this. But there's a story of this guy that he actually deserved rejection. You know what I'm saying? Like some of us, like we, we don't really feel like we deserve. This guy deserved to be rejected. And yet Jesus, like the crazy guy Jesus is all the time, Loves him exactly where he's at, embraces him, accepts him, and it changes this man's life. It's just amazing. And so that's where we're going to go today. I'm going to just start in Luke 19, verses 1 and 2. If you don't have a Bible with you, you can open up your phone or there will be words up here. Um, it's, it's, uh, it's all up there for you. So here it is. Jesus entered Jericho. Jericho is a city. You might have heard about it. They walked around it several times in the... And it all comes crumbling down, right? So, and so Jesus entered Jericho and was passing through. A man was there by the name of Zacchaeus. He was the chief tax collector and was wealthy. Kind of interesting. I mean, nobody ever like, you know, you know kind of introduces me that way that I'm wealthy. One, because I'm really not. But, you know, it's just kind of an odd way to introduce this guy into scripture. So why is that there? So I don't know, maybe I'm just kind of like a nerd, but I ask myself those questions sometimes. And here's Zacchaeus is, this man, what you have to understand about Zacchaeus and, and being the chief tax collector, this man was hated by his community. All right, he was a Jewish man, and to become a tax collector, you actually had to bribe another tax collector. So you were just crooked off the bat. Like this is just, you were corrupt, you were crooked, like this is what it was, and people knew this. So you had to bribe another tax collector, and this is what Zacchaeus did. He bribed him. But not only was it that that he was hated for, it was the fact that he was actually a Jewish man, and he was taking money from his own people. And so what the tax collectors would do is they would collect taxes, they would give it to Rome. But the way a, a tax collector would make its money on his own people, right? Rome was the one oppressing the Jewish people, and here he is saying, hey, now we got to give them some money so they can live large. The way that he would make his money is let's just say that he goes out to this farm and there's a widow there. And he looks on his clipboard and he says, okay, she owes $100 to Rome. He says, well, I need something in my pocket. So he walks in and says, you owe $150. 
And so he would take the $50, put it in his pocket. So he was robbing these people that were his own people being oppressed already. So you can tell, not a very nice guy, right? Not a very nice guy. And not only that, he was the chief tax collector, which means he kind of trained people and he had a bunch of people working for him. Like he was like, let's just call him the worst of the worst. I think you guys are getting the picture here. Like just not a really nice guy. And, and he, was, he was not liked at all. In fact, if you were um, a Jewish tax collector, you were so hated that you weren't even allowed into the synagogue. The synagogue was like their church, their place of worship. You weren't even allowed in. And I know that we kind of think of it on that and we look at Zacchaeus and we're like, yeah, man, what a bad guy. But there was things roaming around in his heart and his mind. Even though he was doing those things, there was something in him that just knew that it was wrong. He didn't really like to be hated Right? He, he, didn't, he didn't like to be hated. He was tired of being hated. He was tired of feeling alone. Nobody wanted to spend any time with this guy. Right? I, th- I think we can relate in some of these areas. He was tired of feeling guilty. And here's the big one that we'll actually kind of see as we read this story. But he was tired of feeling disconnected with God. It kind of thinking, you know, like, man, look at me. Look at, what I, what, look at what my life's about. There's no way that a loving God wants anything to do with me. Kind of starting to make some connections now, right? Like how we can feel in our own life. So he had this spiritual rejection feeling as well. And I think a lot of us get there. A lot of us get there where we just think, you know, as we've gone on with life, maybe we, maybe we started in church when we were younger, right, going to church, and it became about religion, and we didn't really see, like, where Jesus was and everything. It just seemed like a lot of ordinary people that, that you know, just met together, like, whatever that is, and we started to get disconnected. And now we're kind of thinking, you know, since we've been disconnected, we've been living this life whatever that looks like, and we just feel a little bit lower about ourselves, and, like, we're not ready to approach God. Right, Some of us out there, we've experienced divorce and we've heard about that in the church, right? Like that's so wrong. So we just feel, we feel just empty inside. We feel like we're just not quite good enough. Like we just don't measure up. Some of us have dabbled in some kind of drugs and we've ended up becoming addicted. And we think that that just separates us from a loving God. Like how could he love somebody that can't control themselves? There's a number of things out there where we get ourselves into the spiritual like rejection of where we just feel disconnected from God. And here's the thing. We, like Zacchaeus, we buy into that lie. We buy into that lie that God wants to reject us, that we're not good enough, that he doesn't value us. And see, the people around Zacchaeus, see, they, the, the, the society around him, they saw things wholly just way different. They saw like, well, man, you're rich, Tangibly rich, you have a lot of money. So you have it all. Like if I go to Zacchaeus' house, I'm walking in and that guy's got, I don't even know what they had back then. Now I'm getting myself in trouble. But like he has like the little whirlpool or the hot tub thing, whatever they had, made of stone, you know, and whatever that looks like. And he's got like three donkeys instead of like one donkey. And none of them have like, you know, splinters in their feet or anything like that. They're, they're, they're nice donkeys. They're carrying a lot of load. Like whatever that is. You can go on and on with that, but they just see like, man, he has money, he's rich, so he has it all. He must have it all. People looked on and they, they see everything that he has, but they didn't know where he hurt. 
They didn't know where he hurt. And, and that is where a lot of us are. I mean, we see people, you know, like as we look at people and we see like, man, they have this marriage. It just, it just looks like it's awesome. Like they're holding hands and they're looking at each other's eyes when they talk. And it just seems like they're, they got it going on. But, but really that marriage is just kind of unraveling a little bit around them. And they're not sure how to get it back. Right? But what we see is, man, they have it all. Or, or we just see that somebody has this job. Right, this job and position, so they must be smart. Man, I get that all the time as a pastor. Let me tell you, 90% of the time I don't know what I'm doing, okay? I mean, seriously, it's, it's just an interesting thing. Talk to people who work with me and closely. They'll tell you right away. But, you know, it, it just looks like you have things going on, and we see somebody that we think has it going together, going on, and we're not really seeing where they're hurting. We just kind of think that they have it all. They have money. They have that job. They have that career. It must just be they don't have hurts. They couldn't understand where I'm from. And this is how people looked on him. He was in spiritual crisis. He was in spiritual crisis. And, and it just reads on here. We're going to just continue on now. In verse 3. You see that Zacchaeus wanted something more in this verse if you look closely. It says he wanted to see who Jesus was. Isn't that awesome? This guy that was just looked like on the outside that he had everything and he was robbing his own people. He was just kind of a, a meanie guy, knucklehead. He wants to see who Jesus was. Because he was short, here's another description. Why is that in there? Because he was short, he could not see over the crowd. Now, I just want to stop there and say Zacchaeus was a short man. Some of you that grew up in kind of the church, one of the, I don't even know if this was Sunday school, maybe I wasn't supposed to know this song, I don't know, but there was a song, you know, uh, Zacchaeus was a wee little man, a wee little man was he, right? First of all, if you want to like really take out a guy's legs, call him a wee little man, okay? That's, <laughs> you know, this guy, if he didn't feel rejected from all the other stuff, like the wee little man song was really getting at this guy's crawl, Right? Just a little tip out there. Don't call the men the wee little men. It doesn't work. It does not work. So, he, you know, he's already feeling rejected there. And actually, scholars, just so you kind of have an idea, because of where this story is going, this is kind of important. A lot of scholars actually say, after some of the studying that they've done, that he was actually, um, I don't know the politically correct, but like a little person, right? Like he, he was not a tall man. He was... A wee little man is, is what they said in the song. So this man was already, it wasn't just the, the tax collector. I mean, think about growing up, you know, being, a, um, being a, a little person and what he must have had to feel uh, of people talking with him. So he's just experiencing this rejection, not just in this story, but his whole life. His whole life. And he wanted to see who Jesus was and he couldn't see over the crowd. So he does something. He does something, and this is just absolutely incredible. Um, one of the reasons, well, I'll just tell you this first. It says uh, in verse 4 here, it says, So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree to see him, meaning Jesus, since Jesus was coming that way. So he, he runs on ahead. And what's interesting is, we, we already talked about the fact that he's this tax collector. He was hated among the people. I mean, they were kind of muttered, you know, as he walked by. They didn't like him. He was a short man, so, he, you know, he's probably getting verbally abused as he grew up, things like that. But he must have heard. 
he must have heard this story that happened before of Matthew, this other tax collector. And the way that word traveled, like they didn't have social media, you know, they couldn't tweet out, you know, Jesus wasn't hitting tweets or nothing like that. So just word traveled as stories, and they, it would get around fast, it was kind of surprising. But he must have heard about Matthew, this tax collector, where Jesus tells this tax collector, Matthew, come, follow me. He embraces him. And Zacchaeus, remember, he's tired of being rejected. He's tired of feeling like this. He's tired of being alone. He's tired of this. And so he's like, man, I got to know somebody who, who might possibly accept me. And these words are just powerful. It says, so he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore tree. Well, it's just absurd to think in this time. I know for us this doesn't make any sense, but it's absolutely crazy that a Jewish man would have climbed a tree, number one, because that was for something that, like, servants did. That was not something that, like, a Jewish man of any, any stature or position would do. I know it sounds funny. It was a cultural thing at the time, right? Would not have done that. And the reason is, is the same reason that they wouldn't run. The Jewish men would wear just a lot of clothes, but they were robes, and they kind of had, like, open leg and everything, and when they would run, then their leg would show, like their bare leg, and that was just like an insult. So they wouldn't, they wouldn't do that. A Jewish man would not ever just like, you know, start sprinting in his gear. And then for the same reason, he wouldn't climb a tree, and I'll let you guys figure out that whole reason, you know, wearing a dress and all that good stuff. I think you guys can figure this out. But he runs. He runs towards Jesus. And he climbs a tree to see who he is. I love this illustration. Right? Oftentimes, we run towards people. We run towards people, whether it's our family, our friends, or anything. We run for the acceptance of people. And what we're smacked with almost every time is rejection. We're hit in the face with that. Zacchaeus knew really well about that. And I'm not saying that he was doing good things or his actions were great, but he knew about that rejection of when you try to run towards people, when you try to, to build relationships. You know, he was met with that rejection. But he was just so eager to meet Jesus, somebody that would embrace him and accept him for who he was, where he is in life. He was so eager for that that he was willing to break his customs, his traditions, and run towards Jesus. I love that picture. I love that illustration. He wasn't going to wait for Jesus to maybe come to him and maybe come through the crowd so he could kind of, you know, maybe see him. He ran towards him. And there's plenty of, of descriptions in, in the uh, uh, in the Bible about this. You know, there's a, a man, um, you can read about this in the New Testament, but he has a son, the prodigal son, right? Some of you have heard of this, some of you haven't, but what happens is his son says, hey, dad, I want my inheritance now. I know that you're not dead, but just give it all to me. I mean, kind of rude already, right? And then he goes and he kind of hits up like this town, much like maybe like a Vegas, and he just squanders it all off. He just lives this crazy life and, um, and you know, gambles it away, parties it away, does all that. And he ends up so broke, broken down that he ends up looking for food in a, in a pig trough, right? Because he had nothing. Like, he just spent it all. And so you would think this dad would never want to see him. What happens is 
He has a long driveway, and he sees his son coming home, walking. His son thought, man, if I could just work for my dad, I know that he's not going to accept me as a son, but if I could just work for him, if I could just work for him, then I could at least eat. His dad sees him way off, recognizes his son, and he just sprints. This Jewish man showing legs and all, and he's just going, right? And that father represents Jesus. Jesus is just waiting for us to turn towards him. That's what repentance is. It's when we recognize our sin, we recognize that we're not living right, doing something right, it's, it's separating us. And we say, you know what? I recognize that. I don't want that anymore. And we just turn toward Jesus. And we're like getting ready to say, forgive me. And it's like front loaded, bam. He's running down, legs and all, coming after his kids. That's what repentance is. It's a good thing. So if you feel a little bit convicted here this morning, don't feel guilt. Don't feel shame. Get excited because the Holy Spirit might be turning you towards Jesus. And I would say run, climb that tree, get up there. Verse 4 says, So he ran ahead and climbed a sycamore fig tree since Jesus was coming that way. There's all kinds of stories like this. I mean, just like another one, there's a story of a woman that, you know, she was so desperate for Jesus, she had been bleeding for 12 years in Scripture. You can read about this. And there's this huge crowd. I mean, think about how weak this lady was. And she just knew if I could just, I, if I could just touch Jesus, my life would be different. And so she just reaches through the crowd reaches through a crowd and just touches his robe and she's healed. It's just an amazing story, right? We already talked about the dad that was running down the driveway after his son, just, just running after him. That represents how Jesus comes to us and he's so excited as we turn. There was four guys who had this friend in scripture you can read about and he was crippled and they saw that Jesus was in a room much like this but it was so packed that they couldn't get in so they climb up onto the roof and they start digging digging to get to Jesus desperately, and a miracle happens. Their friend that couldn't walk stands up, walks, carries his mat, and goes away. And, and they were completely changed, inside and out, physically, right? And then you have Zacchaeus, where he runs, and he climbs this tree because Jesus was coming. And some of us, the reason that I use that analogy is that some of us are at a point in our life, some people in here need to hear this, it's time for us to climb over that pride. It's time for us to run through those excuses and reach through those towards Jesus. It's, it's time for us to run away from that fear and run to the one that can give us strength and confidence and hope and peace and joy, forbearance, kindness, it's time for us to do that. It's time for us to, to run like Zacchaeus did, to, to just recognize that something is missing, not know what we're going to see or even who we're going to see, but just run and climb towards Jesus. Look what happens with the rest of this story. When Jesus reached the spot, he looked up and said to him, Zacchaeus, come down immediately. I must stay at your house today. What? Steph, you can go get them. I must stay at your house today. He calls him by name, Zacchaeus. 
I mean, that would have blown my mind right there, like, right? Like, I've never met Jesus. I want to know who he is. He's up in a tree. Hey, Zacchaeus, come down. I'm staying at your house tonight. See, when we run and we climb for Jesus, when we run towards Jesus, his word says, you seek him and you will find him. That's a promise. That's a promise. When we run towards him, when we climb over that fear, when we stretch through that excuse, when we get over our pride and we run towards Jesus, we will find him. Zacchaeus learned that lesson this day. He says, come on down. I'm gonna call you by name. The party's at your house and I'm coming. That's awesome. And the people around, of course, it freaked them out. Right, and I really, friends, those of us that are believers, I want you to put yourself in this position for just a second. And I want you to hear what the people said. Because if we're gonna be a local church that reaches one more person for, person for Jesus, we can't have this reaction when Jesus celebrates somebody that was fallen and broken that comes to him. Because the people around there, like, you know, their reaction was like, why him? He's a tax collector. He's been stealing from us. Why in the world him? I've been working up in the nursery. I've tithed for how many years? I've been coming, setting up chairs. I've been a part of this church. I've been a part. You're going to go with him? That's a scary reaction for us to have. You want to know what's interesting? Jesus didn't take the time to explain to those people why he was hanging with Zacchaeus. He was on mission. He wanted Zacchaeus to know that he was loved right now, embraced right now, accepted right now in his brokenness and his flaws. I love you right now. I want to pray with you. I want to spend time with you. I want to be with you, and I'm coming to your house tonight. I don't care if it's dirty or not. Coming in, Zacchaeus. He loved him where he was, but he didn't want to leave Zacchaeus where he was. And that's for some of us that are in that disconnected with God right now. You gotta know. If there's one thing, we're gonna have a great party after here. There's gonna be all kinds of things happening. Some Viking cheerleaders are here. You know, I'm gonna try to convert them into Lions fans. We're gonna get, it's gonna be fun. <laughs> we're gonna have, we're gonna have uh, blow-up houses. We're gonna have hot dogs. We're gonna have giveaways. We're doing all that. But this is the truth you need to hear if you're here today. And I believe that God has you sitting here right now to hear this, is that God loves you right where you are. In your darkest moment, he loves you as much as in your brightest hour. But just like Zacchaeus, Jesus doesn't want to leave you where you are. He wants to walk through life with you. He wants you to come down. He's saying, man, I'm so excited that you're climbing this tree. I'm so excited that you're walking towards me. But I want you to come down now. I want to be with you. I want you to invite me into your house, your life, so I can start to show you. It's not always going to be easy. It might not always be fun. But there is going to be a party with your name on it. This is what he says to Zacchaeus. You know, there's a saying out there that Zacchaeus was completely changed. Now listen, this guy that was rejected, that he was stealing from people, right? It says that he was completely changed from the moment that he came off that limb to the ground, because he jumps out of that tree. Now, I don't know how high up he was, but he jumps out. So let's just call it, takes four seconds. He was completely transformed like that. 
And see, that's what Jesus can do with us. It doesn't always take years. I mean, sometimes we have to work on our lives, but he changes us like that. Transformation is possible because of his love. Zacchaeus was converted right here. Look what it says in verse eight. It says, but Zacchaeus stood up and said, Lord, look, Lord, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. What? And if I have cheated anybody out of anything, I will pay back four times the amount. Zacchaeus jumps down, and because Jesus just said, hey, Zacchaeus, you've been rejected, right? You've been been trampled on. I know you're like a little guy, and people have just been picking on you your whole life, but I'm telling you, I'm calling you by name, and I love you enough to say, get out of that tree. I want to go home and party with you. You come on down. He, that changed Zacchaeus like this. And no longer, see, Zacchaeus wasn't going to pay that back to win approval of any people. He wasn't running towards people anymore that fast. It was because Jesus approved of him. He responded to the approval that Jesus gave him in that moment, and it changed him. And his response was, met, was out of love for Jesus. And he says, man, I got to give all this back. And it was Jewish law that if you stole from somebody and you got caught, you paid back 100%. You paid back um, 100% and then you're, or, yeah, 100% of what you stole and then 20% on top of that. That was Jewish law. But Zacchaeus says, law goes aside because now I'm motivated by love. The love that Jesus has for me, I don't care about that 20%. I'm not saying 100%. I'm paying back 400% of whatever I cheated anybody. This guy was radically changed by this Jesus that accepted him right where he was at. I wonder what Jesus could do for us today. Rejection's real. You're not alone. Rejection is real. You're not alone. When we meet Jesus, our life is changed. And even though I'm rejected by people, we have to know that we can be accepted by God. I'm going to give a little bit of instruction here today because we do have just a little bit of a different Sunday. And before I, before I read this, um, I just want to say, because it's going to get kind of things are going to move around. First of all, please stay with us and hang out. We have the big screen where we're going to be showing the game. We do have to, like, take down this stage, so we're going to have all hands. Anybody that has a strong back, just get up here. We want to get this busted down as fast as we possibly can. We have people that know what they're doing, so they'll just tell you where things are going to go. We're going to bring in some food, and it's going to be up here. So the, the cheerleaders are going to be over here. They're selling candor, calendars, doing pictures. We just think it's great. Make sure you thank them for coming and being with us. I just think it's incredible that they gave us an opportunity for that. And then make sure that we go Lions. I see a lot of purple out there. Please, no Packer fans, in fact. I know it's church, okay? I know it's church, but Packer fans are not welcoming. No, I'm just kidding. I'm kidding. That's not a good way to start things. No, seriously, though. Like, we're just going to have a good time. 
Um, and so we're going to have some bounce houses getting set up over here. There'll be some games. We're going to start doing giveaways. What we need you to do to be, um, there's some cool giveaways. There's like 300 and some odd dollars uh, detail from Kohler. Um, there's some oil changes back there. Outback Steakhouse gift cards. There's a bike that you can see up there that, that we got to send home with somebody today. Um, but what you need to do is there's a little register slip back there. Sign your name. So take the time while we're bringing tables in here and kind of getting set up. Just take the time to register, have a cup of coffee, just kind of relax, and, uh, and we'll get everything going for you in a couple minutes. So with that announcement, let's bring it back to center. Zacchaeus climbs a uh, sycamore tree, right? He runs towards God. You guys can come up. He runs towards God. His life is completely changed like that. This is what Jesus wants to do for us. He doesn't expect all the world from you, like that you change every aspect of your life. What he says is baby steps are powerful. And if you would just walk towards me, if you just reach through the crowd after me, I want to meet you. If you seek me, you will find me. Zacchaeus found this out. He's there. He's real. He's alive. And this is what Jesus says to Zacchaeus. He says, man, Zacchaeus is like, I am giving everything back. If I owe somebody, four times the amount. It's awesome. Jesus said, today, salvation has come to your house because this man, too, is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and saved the lost. God sent his only son because he loved the world. But he also sent Jesus not to condemn the world, which is probably what some of you feel like if you've gone by that religious way of going to church. And hearing about that it's about getting your hair cut the right way, dressing the right way. Believe me, that ain't right here today. <laughs> dressing the right way. Saying the right things. Doing the right things. What Zacchaeus says is when Jesus gets in your heart, that love, that acceptance, it changes you and you just become, it starts to pour out of you because you recognize you're loved where you are and that moves you, that changes you. You're no longer rejected. You deserve that. We all do. But we're accepted by Jesus, amen. Would you guys stand with me if you could? I, the, the band, we're gonna go into a song. I just, I just wanna finish with a song today. But if everybody would just kind of close your eyes where you're at, if you would do that, just out of respect to people around you. We don't do anything scary here. Um, we don't do anything scary at this church, like, you know, make you come up front or give a mic and you have to say, like, a testimony. It's not about that. We just want you to have a moment with Jesus. Like Zacchaeus that climbed up that sycamore tree, runs after Jesus. I mean, wouldn't it be nice to feel some of that guilt lifted off you today? Wouldn't it be nice to see your weakness is actually strong in Jesus? Wouldn't it be nice to believe that your marriage could be at its full potential? Wouldn't it be nice to not be stressing about that bank account anymore? Those things are real, but so is Jesus. He simply wants to say your name. And he says, I just want to spend some time with you. I'm not here to harm you or hurt you. I want you to have life, and I want you to have it to the fullest. And maybe you're here today, and that's you. You want to take a step, and you want to run after Jesus. And we have every eye closed in here, out of respect for everybody, every head bowed. 
And if that's you, where you want to just take a step towards Jesus, you want to say, I want to say yes to you. I want to, I don't even know what it all the way looks like, but I want to start living my life with you in it. I want you to come to my house and I want to have a party with you like Zacchaeus did. Would you just raise your hand where you're at? I just want to know how to pray for you guys. See your hands. Keep them up for a minute. Amen. There's that moment. And in that moment, Zacchaeus was completely changed. You are a new person with the spirit of God inside of you. You're not your past. You're not the names that you've been calling yourself in your head or somebody else has been calling you. You're not the failures that just happened yesterday. And you're not gonna be perfect from this moment on. There's no magical pixie dust here. Life will happen. Jesus said in this life we have trouble, but we can put our trust in him because he's overcame this life. I congratulate you for taking that step. Moving towards him. Find any way possible to run after Jesus. If it's talking to me, if it's talking to Tim, if it's talking to somebody next to you, let somebody know that you made that decision today. Nobody's going to hound you. Nobody's going to call you at home. We just want to be there for you. We want to lock arms, be a community that you can trust and love, walk through life with you, show you some scripture, encourage you, and let Jesus take you where Jesus wants to take you. That's what the Holy Spirit does. I just want to pray for you guys. And then we're just going to sing Reckless Love one last time and we'll start breaking everything down. It's going to be an awesome time, but let's just celebrate Jesus today. He is so good. Lord, we love you. We, we see you here this morning. We feel you here this morning. It's a cloudy day, but we thank you for that. We just know we can see you in creation. We know that your presence, you're real. You're very tangible. Just thank you what you did through your word today, that you give us your word so that we can have truth in our life. I know, Jesus, that I need to be transformed continually. I need to learn how to run after you. And I just thank you for a guy like Zacchaeus that taught us, like, it's about running and climbing, like, making an effort, being intentional. And then we just see who you are. We see your character that you're just like, yeah, man, I've been waiting for you. I just want to celebrate with you. Thank you for being a God that doesn't want to push us down, hold us down, oppress us, but you want to free us to have joy and peace in our life. Jesus, we owe you everything. We're, we're just so sorry for times we don't see that. We thank you for who you are. Thank you for doing something special here today. And now, just like you say, where there's angels in heaven, when one person walks towards you and says yes, you say that there's angels in heaven partying. We are going to have a celebration here today. Yes, it's going to be watching football and things like that, but we're celebrating the ones who asked you to come into their life and their heart today. Hear our voices now, Jesus, as we pray you, praise you through this song. We pray this in your name. Amen. Thanks again for listening to the Engage Church Duluth podcast. If you enjoy learning with us and want to be notified when a new episode drops, subscribe to this podcast in iTunes and help us get the word out by rating us there. And then share us on social media with all of your friends. 
And don't forget, you can find more resources on our website and even watch the video version of this message. We can't wait to connect with you again next week.